0: Uh, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's get out of the sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service uh, with FlexLease. Now through December 26th, visit the sprint store nearest you. Uh, joining us now, former BYU quarterback and uh, currently on the radio broadca- uh, broadcast alongside Greg Rubel, he is Riley Nelson with us on the big show. Hi, Riley. How are you?
1: Doing well. Good to be with you guys this afternoon.
0: Hey, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, Let's start off with kind of just sum up the year for us, Uh, Riley, putting it in a a nice tidy box. What are your thoughts on this year's BYU Cougars?
1: Yeah, I think this 2019 team will be one that will be remembered for a couple of things. First and foremost, I think it will be the the highs and lows or or the unexpected nature of the doctor, you know, the the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team where – you pull off a win on the road against the Tennessee team that actually everyone thought was headed to the toilet, but turned their season around and made a bowl game. So you know, a win on uh, a win on the road against an SEC bowl eligible opponent, a win against a good USC team. Um, you know, a, a five game winning streak throughout the middle of the season, but you kind of left you scratching your head with losses against Toledo, South Florida, and uh, and maybe the loss wasn't as surprising, but a three point performance in kind of the finale. I think that's what it's going to be most remembered for. The next storyline that it must be remembered is just the injuries that they went through. losing Tyson Williams, their most productive player. The first half of the season, there was a lot of injuries going on on that defense. It was hard keeping that linebacking core healthy. They got healthier as the season went on, but you use a guy like Zane Anderson for the season. and and, uh, and then, of course, you go through, you have three different starting quarterbacks, each one due to Uh, injuries, right? So going on the line and testing your depth there. So injuries will be the next storyline. And I think the third storyline, and perhaps the most optimistic in the one that if I were you know, leading the program, the one that I would focus on is uh, that this was a a learning year. The the core of this team, from the offensive and defensive lines, to your quarterback, to your emerging playmakers, granted you have bona fides like Diane Gimwaleku and Talon Shumway and Micah Simon who were who are seniors, but it, it doesn't go much. And, and Austin Lee, but it doesn't go much deeper um, than, than those four guys as far as contributions from senior. Every other contribution came from an underclassman. Um, and a lot of those underclassmen or freshmen and sophomores. You think about the emergence of Stefon now, obviously dealing with a tough injury. But you know, each of your quarterbacks are either sophomore, freshman, or freshman. They, you know, you had all those young guys come in and win games. Uh, a lot of the receiving corps sophomores are younger. A lot of those linebackers are sophomores are younger. So that. That kind of third and final storyline is that they were able to exceed expectation, however slightly. I think most people's expectations for them were 6-6 six and six or 5-7, and seven, so they exceeded them just slightly, getting to 7-5 in a regular season with a bowl win, can get to 8 wins. But a, a young team that's continuing, or at least that you hope will continue to get better, was able to succeed expectations against a difficult schedule.
2: So, aside from those younger players uh, maturing and getting better and uh, finding a certain comfort level at that level of football that BYU wants to play, what do you think the Cougars are in need of moving forward? Uh, that needs to be added to the
1: formula. They need to provide, no matter who the quarterback is, they need to get some uh, a different type of weapon on on the outside. I think Alevit uh, Hefo, I failed to mention him as a senior. He, his they need to find a, a quick slot guy who, who's a weapon there. And eleven has been good. Eleven has been solid. He, he's a good catcher of the football. He's been pretty good uh, on, on uh, you know, a bubble routes and catching screens and doing things from there. But if they can, if they can find a, a guy who's a quick threat over the middle of the field, in addition to, uh, you know, if Matt, it's up in the air whether or not Matt Bushman will stay. But it, in addition to finding a tight end, having those compliments. and then what they really lacked on the outside. The last couple of years is that anybody that can win consistently on any kind of a post or a post corner or a down the field route. The guys they currently have are good possession guys. They're strong, They run good routes. They block well. You know, and they can, and they come up with. Uh, Big catches on third and intermediate, but they are not scaring any defenses down the field, which makes, it, makes life tough on you trying to establish a run game and other things when they, everybody can uh, invert a safety down the box. So offensively, I think that's the, the first thing that they need. And then defensively, I, I think the personnel is there. I just think they need to continue to evaluate the scheme. And they've tried to kind of sit back and play bend don't break, and it worked at times. They definitely dropped an eight against USC. Definitely worked, producing, you know, three three interceptions and four turnovers. But I think on the whole, uh, BYU, if they were to look back and self-evaluate, probably needed to be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive side. They did a good job turning the ball over, but didn't play. They didn't get a lot of penetration or, or a lot of pressure on the QB or a lot of tackles for loss. So while they were able to. You know, come up with some interceptions and be in the top in the tops of the country as far as those numbers go. And they were in the bottom of the country as far as tackles for loss, sacks and hurries. So on the offense, I think that that's where personnel upgrade needs to go as well as getting some guys back healthy. Make sure only Pena comes back healthy and and some of these other guys. And on the defense, it's probably more of a schematic change that needs to happen.
0: So a Nelson family Christmas in Hawaii doesn't sound terrible.
1: No, really looking forward to it, and uh, I, I really am encouraged by the uh, attitude and comments really coming out from uh, Hawaii and, and their camp, in that, of course, they're excited to have a ball game that's a, whole, that's a home game, but they're excited to have BYU as an opponent. I think it means a lot to those fans and players. I, of course, it's booking the travel, you know, obviously, you know, BYU is, as a member of the media team, I'm calm there, but I had to book to travel for all of my family. So I know it's not cheap getting your family over to Hawaii for Christmas. So I don't know how many at least mainland Cougars will make those are out there. Hopefully they can get a good showing of the Cougars that live out in the islands or on Oahu. So I don't know how full the stands will be. But uh, I think Hawaii is prepping and, and is really excited for BYU's opponent. And I think BYU should be excited to have Hawaii as an opponent. So uh, as much as it will be nice to be in the islands in 80 degrees and sunny on Christmas, what I'm really looking forward to is what I think will be an extremely competitive matchup and a good football game.
2: Let me circle back about uh, Kalani Sataki and the job he's done overall and the effect that on the program of his extension, do you think this is helping recruiting? Do you think it is helping the spirits of the program as a whole? What's the effect? Yeah,
1: great question. I don't know that I ever knew – the coaches that I met with or recruited by that I ever knew what their contract status was. So now that, that things have changed, you know, there's a, the media attention has been heightened and obviously with social media, everybody's in everyone else's business. So it's pro- recruits nowadays probably know things or are aware of things like that. I personally ne- never was. But it, yeah, I mean, stability when you're recruiting players, it's nice to be in there and confidently say that I, I, I will be. If your coach comes, I will coach him and see him through his career and make sure that he has a successful career. Versus a coach that, that whose future is undetermined, that you're like, well, if you go, then what happens? Uncertainty is is hard to recruit against. So um, I, I, it has helped. I think it's helped with the current players in the program. You saw, you know, whether it was t-shirts or in press uh, availability or press conferences, you had resounding support from the players and the leaders on the team. So I think that helps kind of keep the locker room or some continuity in, in the locker room there with, with his extension. And then just going back to overall the job he's done, I think, I think he's done a good job. I, the, the independence has been difficult to navigate. It was difficult for Coach Mendenhall to navigate, and it's been difficult for Kalani to navigate. One of the good things that I think he's done that needs to happen is he's come up with, with big wins against good logos, right? Think about some of the logos that he sees Wisconsin, USC, Tennessee, uh, Michigan State, some of these other ones that are Power Five uh, contenders. And granted, he's maybe caught them in years where they dipped a little bit, but that doesn't matter. That's still a logo that you can put out up on the wall and tout. Um, and he's also had good performance of putting guys like, and you could argue whether or not these were Mendenhall's Hall's guys or whether they were Kalani's guys, but, you know, uh, Jamal and Taysom, he had them for their senior year the success that they're having in the NFL and Fred Warner and the success that he's having for the 49ers, and uh, Sione Takitaki was a Kalani was a, uh, guy, and you know he's getting a lot of pl- run and play as a rookie for the Browns. So all of those are, are things that you can recruit against. And, and, all of that on what's currently going on in the program, which is, look, and this is probably the biggest thing as a head coach to be able to sit in there. If you're the best player, you will play. Look how many freshmen and sophomores we play. These were guys. We don't just play you because you're your seniority or because you put in your time or because you know, all of those extrinsic reasons. Bottom line, you can come in as a freshman, and I know at least this was really important for me, and I think it's important for most recruits, that you can come in and if you compete and you earn it and you earn that job, you will be on the field. And that's one thing that's been a staple of his program that I think also helps in recruiting um, as, you know, today's National finance Day.
0: Riley Nelson with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Riley, we saw that Joe Critchlow elected to transfer the other day, and BYU has three quarterbacks that are basically the same age and have all proven that they can win football games at this level. You think they'll lose another one of those guys to transfer?
1: Uh, You know, it'll be interesting. So... Whenever your situation is always tenuous and I don't want to opine with limited knowledge on someone else's health status, but we do know that Jaron Hall he, uh, obviously suffered the concussion against South Florida, sits out again, comes back and the very next game he comes back against Utah State and gets a concussion again. On and who knows when the when they actually happened, But if it happened on that touchdown run when he got hit head to head, I mean that was that was a pretty run of the mill hit. In other words, what I'm saying is Whenever you're that susceptible, um, you have to think about just, and look, some guys, it, it's just a DNA thing. It's not that he's not tough enough. It's not that he's not preparing or working his butt off. But, like, if your if your skull, if your brain is not <laughs> is not built to withstand the blows of college football, then that's the thing. And, and one of the nice things for Jared Hall is, He's, you know, he's proven he's a dual sport athlete, and so he he has options there. So I don't. That's a big question mark. I, I'm I'm just completely speculating for you guys, but uh, but uh, you know, J- does Jalen even stick with football? If he if he doesn't, then if you're Baylor Romney, you are only one play away. And Zach had you know he had, he had to have surgery at the end of last season. Obviously broke his hand this season. And BYU's track record of keeping quarterbacks healthy the last decade has been absolutely abysmal, right? With um, only 2013, that was the only year when was started every single game, right? That was the only game in the 2010s where they've had one quarterback start every game of the season. So as a backup, you're one away. Now, if it's three of you in there, then it feels a little bit more crowded and and guys are going to start evaluating their opportunities elsewhere. So I think a lot of it depends on on what uh, Jaren Hall's health and future is and then also just you know overall uh, overall um, satisfaction with the program how happy are guys there and do they think they'll be happy somewhere else my perspective on that is it's grass is greener meaning that uh, transfer it it happened to work out for me but uh, and it it works out obviously we saw in the Heisman you know Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Fields it, it obviously worked out for those guys but uh, I think it's the select few for the vast majority of transfers. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. So you have to, you have to measure what your true out opportunities are, truly how crowded it is, um, and then how good your opportunity might be elsewhere. But um, I would not be surprised if they transfer, but if they all stay at BYU in some form or fashion, uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. I kind of think it's a 50-50 shot.
2: Uh, this might be a ticklish question for you, but if you were going to rank those guys based on your own uh, sort of measure of quarterbacks and effectiveness at that position, how would you rank them?
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's a question that's it's, it's hard for me to answer because their skill sets are pretty pretty varied. So Zach is Zach's your consummate. I think Zach, as you just watch him and just as a natural – Thrower of the football, he's probably got he's probably got the most skills. He's he's got the most consistent release. At times, he's shown to be the most accurate. Now, the the Zach that we've seen uh, coming back with the broken hand, his release isn't quite the same, and he was dealing with you know he's dealing with shoulder injuries, and I, and I went through some of those things, and they're they're hard to overcome, and. And you are never quite the same as as you were before. But he's a guy that uh, has has come up uh, with some special plays at time, and he and he's an extremely fierce competitor. And so he has that with you. Jaron, I think, is the most naturally gifted athletically, just overall. And and he's your biggest threat uh, as far as a dual threat. I mean, he rushed for 140 something yards against South Florida, and if he doesn't get hurt in that game, BYU wins that game, right? This is and then he comes back against Utah State in the first half. Through for two, two hundred and rust for another fifty. So that's a guy who's proven he can be extremely effective both uh, in, in, in the air and on the ground. And then Baylor Romney of of all three of them has shown that maybe he's not the most flashy or he doesn't wow you with any any of his physical traits. But man, that dude his his decision making is his. Uh, his from the time from snap to release, his ability to process information, pre snap, post snap, and then deliver a ball accurately and on time within a system or within a play call—that's uh, probably where he has an edge over the previous two, right? So, so you've kind of got each one of those, and quite honestly, to rank them, it's hard to, for me to rank them empirically because I would have to take into account, okay, what is the game plan that we have installed for them, and who are the personnel. Around them, you, obviously, Jaron Hall to being able to do it with his legs and his arm is probably a guy. If you can't find that, and find that guy on the edge, and you feel like you don't have depth at running back, then he's probably your guy. If if uh, you feel like you got a strong running game and a really strong running back, then uh, then you know B- Baylor might be your guy that you can just plug in the system and he can be a facilitator. Or if you know, you, you feel like you're maybe having some struggles up front or you might be a little bit outmatched athletically, and you're going, going to want to insert Zach out there because he's going to be a guy that's going to create things outside of the system and, and make up for some deficiencies in other areas. So uh, I, I kind of skirted around your answer, but uh, that's the one I'm sticking with.
0: Well, Riley, we certainly appreciate you uh, you coming on. And hey, I was excited to talk to you because I, I think that you and I both can identify with each other because we both do top notch broadcasts with a couple of the biggest prima donnas in the business. So, you know, congratulations <laughs> on that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Greg's out there listening. I'll have to pay for that. Uh, I, I won't. I won't. Uh... Uh, I'll, I'll let you and Greg hash that out. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of, you know, to be able to do broadcast. It's been a great first year for me. I, I consider myself very fortunate. I, I hope I can do it for a long time. You know, I hope they invite me back last, uh, next year. It's been a lot of fun for me. And, uh, and it's good to be part of the media fraternity, too.
0: Thanks, Riley. We really appreciate it. Yeah, have a good day. Bye. Riley Nelson, uh, color analyst for the BYU broadcast, as well as, of course, former BYU Cougar. What? What was that look for? Have a nice day. You can't be mad at
2: me. I I identify with the guy. You know, it's tough. (laughs) It's not easy.
0: It's, it's not so easy being tough. us,
2: Gordon. It is so tough. Your life is so very difficult. It's Jake was talking about his jazz analysts that join him every night on game. Yeah, right. Ah.
0: That's, that's exactly what I was doing. And Austin actually made a made a really good point in in my ear. Why did Riley assume I was talking about Greg? I could have been talking about Mitchell Jurgens. Well, that's, that's where, a where I would have gone. Point. I, I don't know Mitch incredibly well. Does he have a big ego? And, is he and, a big prima donna? And
2: should I have assumed you were talking about Austin? No, I was talking about you. <laughs> Let me make one thing perfectly clear. <laughs> I'll draw the. I'll draw that I'm line Gordon Massey. Right mm-hmm. See, you guys say that, but you know that that's not uh, a prima donna. Push really, uh, Gordon, you you had to stand sideways to get that noggin through the door. Oh, okay, now you know that I am a humble man. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Oh man! No, See, thanks, guys, to Riley, you for you guys coming on. It portrays certain things certain ways, and, it, and it, that's, it, it sort of builds this persona that is not accurate. Don't you know who I am? Not not accurate, huh? <laughs> not accurate, huh? Come on, Jake.
0: Uh, yeah. Really? Mm.
2: Uh, yeah. What yeah, what? I
0: got feelings too. <laughs> yeah, you are a good sport. I'll tell you that. You 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 let us tease you, Gordon. And, and I have a nice, you nice don't car. Have to. So
2: we appreciate that. <laughs> All right. real life. That drop has been in this system for so that, a long time. Uh, what did I actually say that? I was producing at the time. So that, I'm better be than you ago. at what you do for a living, and I've never done it before. Wow. When did you say that? I, I wasn't talking about me. I was, <laughs> was parroting someone else when oh, I said that, which goodness. is usually the case.